I'm Robert Therrell. And I'm Chase Bridges. And we're both screenwriters. Listen along each week as we either work together to write a new short film or go head to head with competing movie pitches. This is Written By. Welcome back to the Written By Podcast. Guys, it's been a little bit. Yeah. It's been a little bit. We were letting we were letting that rival pitches finale cook. Yeah, we wanted that to simmer in. We yeah. wanted we wanted all y'all to watch that because we it's spent really a lot of time on that. We're really proud of that episode. Yeah. Robert killed the edit and the episode and the pitch. <laughs> and the <laughs> Chase came through with a pet rock movie. Hey. Made hey. it happen. I did my best. Um, but we are back for our best of written by season three from the bowl episodes. Yeah, and it was it, it was a great season. Just yeah, this whole past season. Now I will say, if you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube, you may have seen we have also <laughs> posted a different best of season three video. Yeah. I don't know. Just close your eyes for a second, guys. Unless right. you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> close, close one eye if you're yeah, driving. Yeah, close your eyes and just imagine. Unless you're about to stop because you need the death perception. Oh, yeah, you need the death but, perception. Yeah. You don't want to hit like a school bus. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and if you hear any dogs barking, my bad. I got that dog in me. <laughs> That's coming from inside. It's coming from Chase. in me, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm like Clifford the Big Red Dog. Okay, anyway. Uh yeah, close your eyes. Okay. I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> it's the Christmas season. Ah. You're chilling in your living room. Maybe you're decorating your tree. Maybe mm. you're doing some gingerbread houses. Whatever your Christmas Ooh. traditions are. And you need a little ambiance. Ambiance. So you, you get to your smart TV. You go to YouTube and you type in uh, Yule Log video. Your or Virtual log. Fireplace video. Virtual Fireplace. And usually, you know, you're watching one and it has like slight Christmas music under it with the cackling of the fire. Uh, But what if I told you you could hear 10 hours of written by (laughs) podcast? That's right. We did the written by best of season three Yule log video. (laughs) This holiday season. Why not hunker down with the fam and listen to 10 hours straight of written by? You know, I've actually... I, you know, the 10 hour videos have been on youtube for a long time i've yeah. just now finally started using them yeah because i have a new job where i have to download like really large files and i can't have my computer fall asleep yeah so you I, oh, yeah you what put an on the 10 hour video because when the max playing the video it doesn't fall asleep that is very clever you should put on the written by one i'll do that yeah i will say i did toss it up the other day uh-huh I'm I'm the one that made it. Yeah, uh, and we were there when they were recorded. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I tossed it on. There were some really funny moments in there that I forgot about. Oh, that's cool. I, I clipped yeah. one and, and promoted it on the Instagram. It's where uh, we're talking like old men. Okay, and be like, oh yes, back when I was a boy. Because uh, you brought up the idea that, like, hey, will, pe- will future generations look back fondly on podcasts? Yeah, like nostalgically. Yeah, and I was like. I was like, when I'm an old man, I'm going to be like, come around, children. You know how I was never successful? Well, it wasn't from a lack of trying. <laughs> I remember that bit. I remember that yeah. bit. Yeah. And I, it made me laugh. And uh, 
Yeah, so it's a good video. You should toss it on the TV this yeah, holiday season. Yeah, uh, usually we do a Christmas episode. We've we've gotten busy. Yeah, but uh, we have yeah. two other great Christmas episodes in the past two seasons. The, the one Grinch? from last year comes with a song. So yeah, dude, that song's a, song. a banger too. Yeah, my audio is weird in that one. Yeah, I think it's because I recorded it not on one of these mics. Yeah, maybe we'll release a a re remaster a, a remaster yeah. version. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we uh, we have compiled our top five favorite bowl episodes of the past season. And what we're going to do is we're going to count them down. We're going to play the outline segments, the little audio dramas that we have at the end of the episode. And then yep. we'll talk a little bit about why it's our favorite. Now, th- yeah. this is the combination of both of our favorite episodes. So there's yep. some you like more than me, but uh, we generally agree on yeah. the very top ones. I, I think uh, we had like a top seven that we yeah. condensed down. Yeah. And I don't think either of us were very upset that we had one yeah. lost. You know, we, we all like these episodes. Yeah. So our uh, our number five pick for best bowl episode of season three, 2023. That's a season three, episode 15, Dinner Mystery with Eden Lee. We open one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> six people are at the stage of a church all dressed up as bible characters there's a big table laid out but they're missing their jesus and they're all waiting around like they're all looking at this dude who's playing thomas and he says hey where where is your brother pastor and he's like look he said he'd be here five minutes ago and it's like but then he also said he'd be here five minutes ago 15 minutes ago and then 20 minutes ago but yeah he'll turn up he'll turn up it's like oh the guy dressed up as Jesus comes stumbling in. He's got a flask or something. He's <laughs> clearly been drinking. He's like, hey, sorry, I'm late. And he like bit, he burps through all his he's sentences. like, Jesus is here. Yeah. He burps through all his sentences like he's a Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> he's like, all right, time to get this, uh, get this uh, play uh, on. Come on. <laughs> it's Jesus, baby. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And the pastor's like, all right, let's roll from the top. Let's roll from the top. So everybody gets seated. There are six disciples, including himself. And then there are six other disciples that are just mannequins. And they have little little name tags for which, uh, which disciple they're supposed to be. They move to the Last Supper set. They're all sitting down. Jesus' brother is like, I have gathered you all here for this supper where we all sit on one side of the table and the he's not taking this seriously at all and his pastor brother is scowling at him and so they kind of run the lines he comes across a line that he forgets he's talking to the judas character he's like i will be betrayed and uh oh what was the line i was uh what was the yeah sorry i don't know it um, yeah, it's always like, uh, oh, no, I don't know. He's like, you, and he knows that, and he goes, you preached it three months ago. Yeah, were you, were you not listening to my, my sermon? And it's like, no, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just getting enough stalling to where the lights go out. <laughs> Everyone freaks out. Stage lights come back on. Jesus is dead. They're like, oh, <gasps> no. Ah, who did this? Everybody's screaming. Everybody's freaking out. 
uh, they're looking around, uh, their cell phones are missing. They don't have them on them. I guess because when they change into the Bible costumes, maybe we could play. They don't have pockets or something. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, everyone's looking around. They all go to the doors. The doors are locked. The security guy who is playing Mark, he is looking around the perimeter, seeing if he could spot anyone, if there's anybody, any way that they could get out of here. Meanwhile, everyone's freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, is he really dead? Yeah, he's been stabbed. He's bleeding. Oh, my God. How? And then the pastor is so distraught. He's like, who would do this? Who would have any reason to hurt my brother? <laughs> everyone is just kind of silent. And finally, uh, Luke, who is the church worship leader, is like, um, I mean, I can think of a few reasons. I don't. I mean, look, he was your brother at all. He's, I'm sure he's a good guy, but he's definitely not a not a perfect guy. And it was like, yeah, I mean, out of any one of us here, I could I could imagine someone having a problem with him. And then the projector lights up. Everybody looks at it, and it flashes on the screen this Bible passage. Uh, we'll figure out all the Bible passages later. Everyone turns to the pastor, and he's like, oh, what is what what verse is that? What does that say? <laughs> and the pastor's looking at it. He's like, uh, I don't, I don't. And then uh, the guy who is playing Matthew, who is just a super involved person in this church, is like, oh, that that's that's the line about not being a gluttonous drunk. You you preached about that three weeks ago. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, I just get my verses mixed up sometimes. It is hard when you <laughs> preach so, so many much. Of them. It's like, yeah, there are so many, and you preach so much, and all your sermons are so good, but. <laughs> That's what that verse is, and maybe that that fits with what his deal was. And before they could even figure all this out, the lights go out again. We hear a scream. Lights come back on. A church accountant who is playing Judas is dead. Everybody looks at this person. He's like, "Oh no, who could have who could have done that?" And then a Bible verse flashes up on the screen. But then immediately, people start pointing at the security guard. They're like, hey, where were you when that went down? He's like, I was, I was checking the perimeter. I was trying to see if there was any way to get out. And he's like, well, as far as we know, we were all standing around here. We were kind of touching each other. And then you're the only one that was gone. Maybe it was you. And meanwhile, everyone's arguing. Bible passage just lit up on the projector. Kool-Aid drinker is like, hey, that's, a, that's the verse about... Jesus whipping the the money changers in the temple. Lights go out again. Lights come back on. Businessman is dead. Everybody's looking at him. And Bible verse flashes on screen. Something about, you know, we'll we'll find a good Bible passage for him. The the Kool-Aid drinker reads it. He's like, oh, he was a politician. And what a... What are y'all doing with him? And he's like, oh, well, he he was going to have a a rally at at the church. And it's like, oh, do you think whoever's doing this has a problem with how we're doing the church or whatever? And it's like, hey, security guard, you might have a problem with what we're doing. You're probably the only person that knows about all this stuff all these other people are doing because you helped cover some of this up. And that's what he misspeaks. He didn't mean to say that. And Kool-Aid drinker is like, wait, what do you mean you covered stuff up? He's like, okay, it was, it was just a temporary situation, but we needed to... We had to use church funds to take care of a, a situation, just a, a personal failing of mine, but something that could have could have brought the church down. And no one wants to see the church succeed more than you. And this was done for the church at large. He's like, I guess you had a good reason, but still that 
I don't, I don't know what to think about that, but I, I trust you, Pastor. I trust you. And he's like, well, that if you trust me, help me get his, his weapon, because he's been killing these people. And meanwhile, the security officer, finally, the worship leader, the pastor, the Kool-Aid drinker, managed to get his gun and his knife off of his person. So now the pastor has them both. He's like, okay, now we'll be safe. Now will be the lights go out. Lights come back on. The worship leader is dead. And the pastor's standing there with the gun and the knife. And, you know, there's no blood on them or anything. The security guard is pretty far away from him. So it's like, oh, no, who did that? Bible verse comes on the projector. Something about vanity. And now there's only the security guard, the Kool-Aid drinker, and the pastor. But then they hear a moaning, and it's from the brother who played Jesus. (laughs) He walks up to the brother and is like, Hey, 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 you still awake? You still awake? And he he points at the security guard. He's like, it was... No, no, we we have his weapons. He didn't do it. And that's what the Kool-Aid drinker is like. It was me. I did all this, Pastor. This is... Look, Pastor, you don't have to worry anymore. I, uh... I just, I had been reading so much, and and there is so much happening in your church that just isn't biblical, that isn't true, that isn't right. But I know, I know you didn't mean for it, because you're such a great speaker, and you give such a great word. And look, now I have, I have freed you of all the wolves and sheep's clothing that are in here. I've freed you of everybody, and it's trying to dilute the message you preach, and now you could run and open an honest church and look just just promise i did this all for you and now we we could have the best church we could we could usher in the next age of christianity we could be a shining city on a hill and as he's giving this whole monologue he grabs this plate he smacks the knife and the gun out of his hands He's talking more. The pastor is listening and doesn't know quite how to play it. But then the security officer, during this monologue, he grabs the gun. He shoots the pastor. Shoots him kind of in the stomach so he's not immediately dead. And he's looking up. The Kool-Aid drinker freaks out. He's like, what? No, that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the plan. I know that wasn't the plan. But look, I know it's a hard bill to swallow, but he's just as guilty as the rest of them. In fact, he was in charge of most of this stuff. And then he pulls he pulls a remote off of his security belt, clicks it, and it clicks the projector. It shows a Bible verse about like wolves in sheep clothing. Yeah. And then that's when you notice he's had the projector remote on him the whole time. And Blade Drinker's freaking out. It's like, <clears throat> no, this wasn't the plan. Now there's gonna be no church. He's like, it's better this place is in the ground. Look, I've I've done things while working here that I'm ashamed of. I've covered up so much that I never should have and I want a second chance and the only way I'm going to have a second chance to start a new life if if everybody that knows about what I did here is dead he shoots the pastor again in the head shoots the Kool-Aid drinker and then the final shot him turning off the projector he walks up to the stage and switches the nameplate so his name is now over one of the mannequins that's dressed up yeah. instead of the Judas he plants the gun in the Kool-Aid drinker's hand yeah he, he wipes off his fingerprints, puts his fingerprints on it or whatever, and then he walks out of the church building. Scott Free. The end. The end. Man, what a good episode. Yeah, so you're, you're the one that fought for this one, so why I do you did. like this so much? I just, I mean, hey, we all know I love mysteries. This is a you classic do. whodunit. Yeah. 
And I think it's such a good premise. Uh-huh. I, I like where we ended up with it, but I think the premise alone is so strong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a, a whodunit set with the Last Supper at a mega church play rehearsal. It's yeah. just so yeah. good. I am, I am a fan of concepts like that where you have something really serious going on, but you're in a silly environment. Yeah. Like imagining people trying to figure out a murder while dressed as Bible characters is, <laughs> yeah. is pretty great to me. And we have some good gags where it's like Judas. Everyone's going to assume <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's just, ah, what a great premise in my mind. Yeah, we, uh, I feel like we finally did it because, of course, we you love mystery so much, mm-hmm. but it, it's a huge struggle to fit in a full whodunit in, in short, short form. Yeah. But uh, I think we got pretty close. We managed to have an interesting thematic element to it, interesting villain motivation, which yeah. I think is like the, the best murder mysteries have a really interesting motivation for the yes. killer. So Yeah, I just think, I mean, I think it deserves this top in the a spot in the top five yeah yeah it's also it's a really low-key one like if we were going to shoot it for real i feel like it's it's doable yeah it's a good uh one location contained yeah ensemble piece be fun to do yeah get some fun characters in there yeah yeah also this episode was great because at the end we have an interview with eden amazing yeah yeah Yeah. really cool talking to her her most recent short film that she was in that's out i bet you're wondering how i got here directed by ryan polly starring our other uh guest from this season gunner willis Willis. uh they're both in it they both do an amazing job it's a great short film you should go watch it yeah it's on amaletto's youtube channel that's right yeah i uh i got to meet him i was in texas yeah oh speaking of texas look i was i was going around some (laughs) uh some clothing stores in texas yeah yeah there's an area with vintage tees and look what i found oh snap les mis Mis. did you wear it just for this (laughs) i wore it just for this the les mis season it was we got les mis (laughs) two times i i was indifferent to les mis before this season and now i have a deep hatred (laughs) for Les Mis. <laughs> I will say the other day, something about Les Mis came up and I was like, I should watch Les Mis. And then I was like, you should. No. No. <laughs> no. I get it. If Les Mis ever comes to the Peace Center, I'm forcing you to come We should me. go. Yeah, we yeah. should go. Because at that point, because here's why I don't think I need to see it. I've had yeah. it explained to me Two, Two different times, times as VeggieTales characters <laughs> and as, uh, what was the second time? It was Muppets. As Muppets, Muppets was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. Number four. We have season three, episode seven, found footage horror with Ben Crew. We open. It's shaky iPhone footage. Yeah. Of this cam, the front facing camera. Yeah. Or, which one's the front face? The front facing is the one this. that faces the so front of you. Is it, what is this called? This is just your rear camera. It's the rear camera. I would camera. call it the rear one. I mean, I don't know. There might be a better word for it. I don't, anyway, it's this camera for y'all watching the video. The It's being placed on a bag that's about to go through the, the conveyor belt inside the airport where all the luggage goes. And so we're watching it travel through the conveyor belt. It's dark. And then we see the inside of the airport, which everyone always wonders what that looks like. And it's very much playing like this isn't even a film. This is just cool footage of what what's going on inside there. But we start to hear some yelling just kind of off screen. And then the camera is just just 
rolling on past these two guys in the distance. And they're in the middle of a fight. And one of the guys pulls out a knife and stabs the other guy. And it's very much just a little in the distance to where you almost wouldn't catch it if you weren't also hearing it. And the way the conveyor belt's set up is the camera's starting to get a little closer to these people. It's kind of turning around them, so we're getting like a 180, almost Michael Bay type shot, just a lot slower. And then it's going towards them. The dude is stabbing this guy. He's falling down, and he's finally, he can't fight back. He's dead. And then the dude is looking around to see if anyone saw. He breathes a sigh of relief. And then as the camera is starting to kind of pass him and go away, dude looks up and our piece of luggage looks straight into the lens. His eyes get wide. He sees that lens. He knows that this camera has caught him doing this murder. And then the moment that happens, the video pauses. We see the video app. It's They've hit pause on it screen goes black for a little and then it comes back on and now we're at the front facing camera and we see two travel vloggers this is jason and granola they're in the middle of an airport you forgot we named her that didn't we i did too and i'm writing all this serious stuff and it's happening to granola but we're sticking with it their their travel vlog is called nature valley with granola oh yeah i mean jason yeah yeah that's great So two travel vloggers are looking dumbfounded. Their faces are completely white. Their eyes are wide. And they're still vlogging. They're like, guys, guys, we just saw the craziest thing. We tried to put our phone on the, to see the inside of the luggage claim or whatever. And we saw someone murder someone. He's like, oh my God, we gotta, we gotta show this to someone. Jason is like, there's a security guy over there. Let's go. And so we get frantic footage of them walking. They're still vlogging the whole thing because that's what they do. Right. But then we see Jason kind of turn the camera toward Granola, who is on his right. The wall is on the other side of her. As he's turned the camera towards her, we see they're passing a bathroom. The bathroom door is there. And then all of a sudden, just something shoves them into the bathroom. The phone goes crazy. It's all shaky. They're screaming. And then what happens is we manage to see footage of the killer has shoved them both into a bathroom. And he is now trying to get the phone. And so we're seeing shaky footage of a fight as people are grabbing for the phone. Jason hands it to Granola killer pushes granola up against the wall is trying to grab the phone we're seeing the hand go over the lens granola manages to toss the phone to jason jason grabs it and so we see a good little wide then the killer goes straight towards the phone towards jason pushes him up against the wall jason manages to get the phone he reaches and puts it into the backpack pocket of granola's backpack and so when it's on the backpack we managed to see a shot of the mirror. And so now we're seeing kind of a more wide shot of these two people that are trying to fight this killer. And and yeah, just basically managed to get out of the bathroom. Granola tries to run away, but the killer grabs her, pushes her back in. And then Granola, she swings the book bag off 
which of course is what the camera is planted on. And then we watch her as the POV swings the book bag at the killer. The lens goes right into his face and then of course after that the the phone falls to the ground. The killer manages to grab it and he puts it in the sink. And so we're seeing front facing camera. We're looking up at the faucet. The killer turns the faucet on, water pours onto the lens, and so we're just seeing water, but we're hearing a bunch of fighting and screaming and punching. Jason manages to grab the phone out of the sink. You see his hand grabbing it. He wipes the lens clean. It's still recording everything. It still looks good to him. He tries to run out of the bathroom, but then the killer grabs him. The phone falls. It lands face up in a urinal. And we only see it for a second because then we see Jason's head flying straight down towards it. It hits the urinal. It breaks the urinal. The phone falls out and it kind of lands at an angle, hopefully. And then we just see Jason's bloody face slam onto the ground. And we just see him as he's getting stabbed repeatedly in the back by this killer. We're starting to watch him die, but Jason sees the phone. He grabs it and he discreetly slides it across the bathroom floor. We're seeing it looking up at the bathroom floor. It slides under a bathroom stall. And then we see Granola hiding in the stall on the other side. Granola picks up the phone and she's thinking quick. And so she grabs her own phone out of her pocket because this is Jason's phone that we have. Mm -hmm. And we see her slide her phone back out the bathroom stall as a decoy. And so we hear Jason have one less gasp and then he dies. We hear the killer pick this decoy phone up from the tile. So we think the plan's working and then the footage just stops. And then we just see an iPhone home screen and then we see her go into TikTok, go to the upload part, and then she uploads both of the video clips that we just watched. She presses post on TikTok, and then that's the end. We don't know what happened because now you're watching her upload the footage to the platform that you're probably watching this on. Yeah. You're like, oh, did she make it? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. So this this is an episode I like a lot. And yes. I almost kind of forgot about it. But in looking yep. to compile this list, I came across it again and just fell in love with the concept all over again. Yeah, I think I think what you really like about it and what's super cool about it is the found footage element. I don't know if it's been quite done this way. Yeah, and it almost – it's one of those ideas – that is so simple. It's like, why haven't mm-hmm. a ton of other people done this already? Like, yeah. I've I've seen like creepy pasta esque videos on TikTok. Well, that's kind of the closest thing to this, but it it makes sense to me though. Like, found footage was so big, like fifteen years ago, because the camcorders started coming yeah, out. But now, like everybody has a very high quality camera on them. You would think that there would be even more creative iterations of found footage. Yeah. And I mean, I guess there is. We've we've seen a lot of like laptop screens. That's we've true. seen like the unfriended and the there's another series like that. 
I, I surely there's someone who's done it, but yeah. not to a mainstream level. I don't think. Yeah, and also even if someone else has done it, like beyond just the found footage nature of it, the uh, the specific idea we came up with, like there there's something so fascinating and creepy to me about putting the camera inside yeah. the airport yeah. baggage claim. Uh, I came across that video again not too long ago oh, yeah. where the phone is on the sushi yeah. revolving thing. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, I really it's love cinema. that we, we yes. yeah, that we got to use it in something. And hopefully one day we'll actually be able to, like, make something and use that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. This was a really fun one. But I did forget about it. And I think that's why uh, you fought a little bit harder for this yeah. one than I did. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also just, like, it is something that we could kind of do, do. ourselves. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a very simple... It's a very short film friendly concept where mm-hmm. you just get to lean on a really creepy scare and then a bunch of cool stunt work. Yeah, which is so fun. And then yeah. you you really get to push the medium of filming on a phone with like how the how the camera is entangled in the fight instead of just a third party watching it. Like there's so oh, much yeah. cool stuff as a director um, you can do there. And what's super cool is uh so Shama, another frequent guest on the show yeah he's got the latest iphone and he's yeah. been shooting all of his stuff with the cinematic mode on there yeah and he's like dude it looks the same as the log footage wow on the c200 that's crazy and he's like dude it i mean the file sizes are huge <laughs> but he's like dude it's amazing yeah. so we really could shoot this on an yeah. iphone man i almost wish i didn't check a bag when i was flying to texas but i should have done it just to get the shot Oh yeah! Just get the shot, and then we'll find a way to mask in a like that. That's the only really complicated is shot. There how is. do we do this in an airport? Yeah, and we've talked a few times about how this would work, and uh, we would have to fix a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. But I think it's possible. Yeah. Um, the biggest one just being like we need to go on a cheap flight, <laughs> yeah. so that way we yeah. need somehow get the shot of a phone going around yeah. the wall because here's the thing in order to get that shot in theory uh does it have to be recording the whole flight because you check your bag to get it on the return yeah <laughs> yeah see i don't know i wonder if there's a way to remotely do that because i i know i've read about somebody doing that before and the airport didn't like, like that it the phone because, was out yeah so you'd have to hide it or maybe because like because also what you could do is it doesn't even have to be a phone camera there is i've looked into this for another project but there are these really tiny like pill-shaped cameras that are okay. about this tall and you could remotely control them with your phone oh that'd be cool yeah i wonder if because like at our local airport the baggage claim i guess we could just like walk like get our bag yeah Put it on there, put the phone yeah. on there, and then put the bag back on the carousel and let it go around a few times. Yeah. And then just go, like leave. Exactly, yeah. And then I think we could steal two or three shots for the moment where you guys are in the airport. And then most of it takes place in the bathroom and we could have a just movie magic bathroom. make it a different location. Yeah, which, I mean, the place that we work has very airport bathrooms. Yeah. So... Yeah, you never know. We might do that. Yeah, yeah. Just talking about it makes me excited for it. Again. It is super it, cool. It'd be a cool thing to do in tandem with the other project we have going on, which is going a bit more slowly and is a bit bigger yes. scale. So, oh yes, yeah. yes. 
But anyway, uh, up next, number three for top full episodes of season three is season three, episode five, Space Western. We open. We're in a church in space on the moon. And there's a preacher. His name is Father Luke. He is up at the front. He is sorting through some futuristic space tokens. Or actually, he's probably on a monitor looking at all the all the crypto ties he's gotten. You know. And anyway, to the moon. To the <laughs> they're on the moon. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going over that, and we hear a voice from the back of the church. It's this Austrian guy. <laughs> I'm not going to do the accent because I can't do it that well, but he's like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Dude turns around and we see Arnold sitting in the back pew. This is a space cowboy. He's got this yeah. matte black space suit with a leather jacket over top yeah. with these space patches on it. He's got this utility belt and he's got a black cowboy hat on his sitting zone. there smoking a vape <laughs> in, in the space zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Father Luke walks up. He's like, oh, this here is a Baptist church. We don't do confessional. He's like, well, I have confessions to make. I need repentance. Will your God hear me? He's like, well, God always hears his children. And I'll hear you too, sir. <laughs> and so he launches into this epic story. We're pushing in on him real time. He's like, ah, I was a bad man. Back on the main planet, I got into all sorts of trouble. There's nothing I didn't do, really. Let's just say I left a trail of blood no man, woman, or child could ever match. There wasn't a spot on Earth where I wasn't found out. He's looking at him intensely. and He's like, so... I went the only place I had left to go, to hide out, get up to more mischief. And meanwhile, our uh, our pastor, Father Luke, is kind of looking at him, and he looks really concerned. He's like, oh, this is actually a really serious dude that's walked into my church. I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> I came up here to hide, to regroup. Tell me, tell me, Father, do you believe in second chances? He's like, well, I sure do. Like, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't see. I was up here that I was brought back to getting up to no good. But there was this one man who was on to me a sheriff. His eyes perk up when he hears sheriff. I caught him alone. The sheriff was on to me. You know, it doesn't take too long for word to spread, even all the way up here on this moon ranch. But, uh, the sheriff was on to me. And do what I had to do. It was him or me. So I caught him alone and I shot him dead out by the oxygen plant. And I didn't know it at first, but as a little boy, I saw the whole thing. And our, uh, of course, he just confessed to murder in front of this preacher who was not <laughs> expecting this on a Tuesday. So he's looking, he's looking pretty scared. His face is turned just completely white. Meanwhile, Arnold, our space cowboy, is just staring off in the distance. He's like, you know, sometimes I would think about that little boy, what I had done to him. So I kept an eye on him. You know, he uh, he had no mama. Now he had no pops. So he had to fend for himself up here in the, in the wild moon plains, or <laughs> whatever you call them. 
eventually he got picked up by some outsiders. He was taken, he was taken 100 miles down south to work at the rocket plant at the ripe old age of 11. But uh, he he wouldn't give up. He he had a lot of fight still in him. So after every day at that plant, he would sneak out one single part of a spaceship. And over the course of 20 years, he slowly built up all the parts to build his own spaceship. And it, it got hard. It took a lot of perseverance, but he was fueled, I think, just by watching him, by this burning desire for revenge. And our, our dude really doesn't know what to think here. We see him kind of shift in, like he's kind of checking to where the church exits are. He's like, you know, that that ship, it's not a lot. It's a, you know, it's a piece of sugar honey iced tea, if you ask me. But it was enough that he could fly over to that town where the, his paw was shot. But anyway, that's that's what I did. That's that's what's weighing on me. So tell me, Pastor, you think God will forgive me? Pastor, he's starting, he's trembling. He's just like, well, you know, I think God would forgive you. <laughs> that's when Arnold looks at him deep in the eyes. He's like, well, that's very good. Because I wouldn't. And then that's when he pulls out a blaster and he shoots. But the dude... The pastor, he's quick, because he's heard this whole story, so he knows what to expect, and so he jumps back, and now there's this gunfight, this shootout with these two laser pistols happening at this church, and they're shooting, they're shooting, and we can tell that Father Luke, he definitely knows his way around a gun. He is not this meek little pastor that we thought he was, but still, Arnold, he, he knows his stuff much better. He's a really powerful cowboy. He's got him pinned behind these pews and he's blasting and the preacher knows that he he can't escape. But we know he's a pretty good marksman, so he sees this box kind of in front of him on the other side of the church. Looks like this utility, like electrical box. (laughs) Points the gun at it, aims it, he shoots it, and the moment he shoots it, the gravity turns off in the church and dude Arnold was about to deliver the kill shot he had it aimed but then he just shoots up he misses and then that's when Father Luke because of course he was checking for all the exits he manages to escape through a stained glass porthole and then (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) that's fun but anyway Arnold realized what has happened and he manages to float his way out (laughs) to space we see this really cool looking spaceship that it it is super rickety it is held together by duct tape and bungee cords there's no cosmetic anything there's nothing just all the parts are completely exposed (laughs) he gets in the spaceship he flies around back and he doesn't see father luke and so that's when he gets his pistol in his hand he reloads with some more lasers. Maybe he recharges. I don't know what you do with space yeah, yeah, pistols, yeah. but and then he drive. He flies off into the distance, and then over this final shot of him flying out into space, in the super rickety spaceship. We hear a cover of "One Piece at a Time" by Johnny Cash. 
cover done by Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, yeah, who yeah, is Arnold yeah. in this short cut to black. Dude, this episode, I, I think we included this. This one's a really high on our both of our lists. Yeah. Because not only is it a really fun story and it's a solid story, yeah. it's a great episode. Yeah, like I think we're judging these based on the quality of the story. Yeah. But uh, in terms of an episode as a whole, this it's is easily one. my favorite. Yeah. And <laughs> what I like about it so much is we we were kind of struggling with bowl episodes before this. There yeah. was even one directly before this we didn't put out. Mm-hmm. And so we came in knowing that like we had to we had to come hard. Yeah, we had we, to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. We, we had, had to, to yeah, come, come hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were we were just both in a really silly mood and yeah. we were riffing jokes in the first five minutes i have watched this episode like three or four times like it's a good episode. the way a football player would like watch game footage <laughs> i have watched the space western episode because yeah we make a bunch of jokes in the first five minutes about Johnny Cash and Arnold. You're doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And we managed to fit in every riff from the first five minutes into, into the, the short, short, which isn't even a comedic short. It's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's really like if I was to show someone, like if we were to like pitch a network the written yeah. by, that would be the episode I would show. I'd be like, this is what this yeah. show is. So good. Yeah. And the, the film we got at the end of it is something I'm proud of as well. Just the, the vibe of space and western combined yeah. like it's not completely new but at the same oh, time it's different it works so well and it's worth exploring more. and we and this is another one where we get to incorporate like a cool thing that we like and we yeah. love that scene from the yeah. devil all the time yeah and we got to kind of incorporate that into this so yeah man yeah super <laughs> fun episode number three because of the story uh-huh. number one in our hearts exactly there's a special <laughs> place right in here right in here you should re-listen to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah we get johnny cash we get western sci-fi stuff there's a shootout there's a dramatic monologue get in the horse and buggy (laughs) run run dude i pull that bit out to this day yeah we were working on uh our short film skate away that we did with gunner this year and we were recording some uh arcade noises Uh for the background and uh, I did that for like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I put one of those in. Really? My final cut. Uh, a sound designer is going to come in and redo everything. So I don't know if he'll keep it there yeah. or not, but it is in the oh, current wait, cut. What part? Uh, it's when you guys are running away in the arcade. Oh, and is, is it him going, run, run? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also got a air hockey. It's yeah. hockey without the eyes. <laughs> I was listening to him when I watched your recent cut, and I was, the uh, I do one as like a surfer dude. Yeah. And, oh. Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> Cowabunga, dude. Keep going. I don't know if you saw Chase post, but we were doing some sound work, and just 15 minutes straight, he and Gunner are just riffing arcade yeah. sound effects. Dude, so much fun. Yeah. All right, what's next? Yeah. Up next, uh I think the uh the main drawback for Space Western is as cool as it is, is it is it would be very expensive oh, to make. It would be almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a that's also true of this next one. Yes. But our number two, our second favorite bull episode is season three, episode twenty seven, twelve foot skeleton. So we open Samantha. She goes by Sam, is sitting at the kitchen table, 
trying to write a script. We see this play script she's trying to like, but she looks really frustrated. She's typing. She's rubbing her hands against her forehead. She's slamming her head on the table, slamming her head on the keyboard. It's writing gibberish. You intercut this with her mom, who was dressed in really Halloween-y festive type clothes. And she is putting a bunch of Halloween decorations outside. She has just constructed this giant 12-foot skeleton. As Samantha is struggling to write the play outside, the HOA lady walks by. And she's like, I thought I told you those giant decorations weren't allowed this year. And he's like, well, there is no rule that says that I can't put a 12-foot skeleton. And he's like, well, we'll see what the HOA thinks about this at our next meeting. And he's like, yeah, I guess we'll see, lady. Move on. And next door, there's a gardener tending to his garden. He's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the skeleton. I don't mind. And he's like, hey, get back to your gardening. And she walks away. Anyway, she walks back inside and Samantha is totally distraught. The mom is like, Sam, why why, why are you so down? He's like, I just, I can't think of anything for this play. He's like, well, don't put so much pressure on the play. Whatever you do will be great. It's like, no, I, I need this to be good. I want to, I want to get into, uh, into this play school so bad. And I don't know, there's an actual school I could probably use, but I want to get into play school so bad. And I, I especially need something to go well after freshman year. I can't have anything like freshman year. It's like, there's no way it could be as bad as freshman year. It's like, yeah, I know it's probably not going to be as bad as freshman year. Freshman year is bad, but still, I can't have it go wrong at all. And so he's like, hey, why don't, why don't you just calm down? Why don't you take a break? Why don't you finish decorating the outside i got i got all this stuff from the attic why don't you go do do the decorating stuff she's like okay fine she walks outside the sun has set she opens up a box of a bunch of really old looking clothes they're all dusty they're from the attic she picks up this magical looking hat she looks up at the tall skeleton it's like i think this will fit she goes on a ladder Maybe she's sitting on the roof so we get a cool visual. She puts the hat, the antique hat on the skeleton. The moonlight shines on it and then it starts to move. Its head slowly turns toward her. She slowly turns to it, looks at it closely. It moves. She's like, ah! The skeleton's like, ah! He's like, what? Wait, what? Are you are you moving? He's like, yes, it's talking. And she's like, why why are you talking? He's like, I appear to be alive. And it's like, I, <laughs> I could have told you that. Why are you alive? He's like, I my spirit has occupied this. Ah, I see this hat. I uh I have not seen a hat like this in ages. Where did you find this? He's like, my mom collects a lot of old spooky looking stuff. I don't know. He's like, well, it looks like this hat has summoned my spirit. For when this hat is placed on a skeleton during the moonlight. Uh, it it summons the skeleton spirit, and I guess it doesn't matter that this is a plastic skeleton and not an actual bone, but it appears, yeah. And he's like, wow, that that is crazy. He's like, yes, I I have not been alive since the skeleton war. It's <gasps> like the skeleton war. What was that? It's like, oh, it was. It was so traumatic, but what? That is over. What are you doing here? And she's like, I, I, I just came out here to take a break. I got, I mean, it's nothing compared to a skeleton world. I, just, I have to write this play. It has to be really good. It's really important. I can't have it go like freshman year did. But uh, what, 
what were you saying about the skeleton war? That sounds really interesting. He's like, well, I haven't I haven't told this tale in ages, but let's see if I Oh and then he immediately launches into this dramatic song about the skeleton war. He starts singing about how this warlock said this incantation that put these spirits and skeletons and they came to life, but also evil spirits went to evil skeletons and the two skeletons fought for generations until one day this spell took all the spirits out of all the skeletons, but now he's back and he was in this terrible war and he was the general and he was helping the good skeletons win. And meanwhile, she's interjecting, asking for like little details. And he's like, oh, hey, what about that? He's like, oh, well, it's like this. And it's like a... How how does skeleton society work? He's like, well, the bones were our money. She's like, what? You're made of bones. He's like, yeah, well, worms were also our money too. He's like, how does that make sense? Worms are alive or whatever. And then when he's talking about the incantations, he's like, what was the incantation? He's like, you must never speak of the incantation. And there's like lightning. He's like, geez, okay. What I can write it down for you. And he writes it <laughs> down for her. <laughs> and then this whole song goes, she's like, typing while this is happening he's like this is gonna make a great play thank you so much for telling your tale of the skeleton war and it's like sure you could tell my tales to whoever you want to he's like yeah i just i can't i really can't have this go like freshman year he's like what happened freshman year and she's like uh freshman year i had a play go terrible and at the end of the play everybody went on stage to do their bow and I accidentally broke the curtain, and the curtain fell on everybody and broke all their bones. He's like, oh, that sounds terrible. Meanwhile, we cut to the night of the show. A bunch of students are walking around dressed up as skeletons. They're moving a bunch of skeleton props around. She has her clipboard, and she's talking to a bunch of people. And all the actors have questions. They're like, hey, why are, what were the skeletons even fighting over? He's like, they're just good spirits and evil spirits and they occupy good and evil skeletons. And there's someone who's like, wait, what, if we're made out of bones, why are bones also our money? It's like, that's just the way it works, okay? The audience is filling up. We see the front row are a bunch of people that are all snickering and we kind of recognize them from the flashback when the curtain dropped freshman year. And they're all like, <laughs> I wonder if she'll break a leg today. Ha ha ha. And then one of those like, are, are are you sure we should even be here? Like, what if she does something even worse? And he's like, hey, there's no way she could hurt us when we're in the audience. <laughs> the lights dim, the play starts. She is at the front row singing songs about the skeleton war. It sounds a lot like what our main skeleton, Mr. Marrow, was just singing about. Meanwhile, while everybody is at the school, the HOA lady is driving past their house. She sees the 12-foot skeleton with the hat. He's like, I just hate that skeleton and its gaudy hat. She looks around. Nobody's there. She crawls up a ladder and she takes the hat off the skeleton and just runs away with it quickly. Like she maybe hears the gardener next door and she quickly just like drives off. All she managed to get was the hat. Anyway, back at the play, she is about to hit the big number where she's talking about how all the skeletons are raised to life by the incantation. And he's like, the incantation that raised the skeletons. The warlock raised its staff and said, and she's starting to forget her words, but she has a script 
that's down on the floor and the script has the incantation written out and she forgets for a second and she says the incantation oh no whatever gibberish and then there's this shudder the earth shakes everyone's like what's happening we cut to the town graveyard as the sun is setting the last bit of sunlight gets covered by a cloud and skeleton hands pop out from the ground skeletons crawl out of their graves and they all are cackling to each other and they storm the school so they're in the play there's like what what is happening the lights are flicking on and off and then a bunch of skeletons bum rush the stage and then everybody is screaming and freaking out the people in the front row are like the first people that get jumped is like no (laughs) she's breaking our bones again Anyway, Samantha, she knows what's going on. And so she immediately runs out of the school and she runs to her house like, Mr. Marrow, Mr. Marrow, I said the incantation. Evil skeletons are here. And she sees from the distance, there's no hat on Mr. Marrow. She turns around and she sees a bunch of people running out of the school and a bunch of skeletons chasing after them. And the skeletons are running in the neighborhood. They're terrorizing the whole town. Uh, a skeleton is digging up other bones in the graveyard. It's like, oh my god, we have so much money! We're gonna be rich! <laughs> Another skeleton goes to the gardener's garden, is digging it up and sees all these worms. It's like, we have worms too! We're double rich! Anyway, Sam, she runs to the HOA president. The HOA president is hiding, but she has the hat in the room with her. And she's like, give me the hat now! It's like, I, I know you're responsible for this. You and your people into your Halloween stuff. <laughs> That's Satan stuff if you ask me. <laughs> I'm not giving you anything. And Samantha really lays into the HOA agent. She's like, hey, you're you're just a mean old lady that hates fun and hates everybody. And you, 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 you do nothing but hate other people. You're no good. And you should just you should just stay in here where you belong and not talk to anyone. Everybody hates you. Just nobody wants to tell you, but everyone hates you. I'm taking this hat she takes it by force she runs out of the hoa president's house she has to dodge a bunch of skeletons as they're tearing a bunch of stuff up she manages to get to the 12 foot skeleton put the hat on him mr marrow comes to life again and he's like what is going on and she's like i i accidentally said the incantation i told you not to say the incantation it's like i know but you wrote it down it's like yes you can write down the incantation yeah but i forgot about that and i said the incantation he's like oh no whatever should we do uh uh i think i think we gotta fight these skeletons and a bunch of skeletons see this giant skeleton has come to life and so they're all running after him and so he has to like fight a bunch of skeletons uh once the two of them work together she uses some for stage combat to fight off the skeleton he's like good work okay now if you could hold them off long enough i could say the incantation the right way and summon some good skeletons he's like all right summon some more skeletons she uses her stage combat she uses her knowledge of power tools for building sets and kind of like ash in the evil dead style maybe she's got like a instead of a chainsaw like a table saw or something she's like sawing them up with a table saw but the mr marrow he says the incantation and he raises a bunch of good skeletons more skeletons come out of the grave but these are good skeletons and so now there is an army of good skeletons versus an army of evil skeletons and you know the whole town has realized that Mr. Marrow is a good guy and he summoned good skeletons and so now they're taking orders from him he's like everybody we must fight the evil skeletons and so now 
all the townspeople are using whatever they have. The gardener is fighting off skeletons with like his spades or whatever. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the HOA lady, she's hiding in her house. There are a bunch of evil skeletons around there. But then this one skeleton with a mohawk comes Ooh. comes running. He does a flip and punches this evil skeleton right as, right as it was about to punch her. And he's like, oh, I know that face anywhere. Even if it's just bones. <laughs> Is it? Is it really? Yep, it's Johnny Smooth, lady. <laughs> and and Samantha sees this happening from a distance. Johnny Smooth, the cool skeleton with a mohawk, kind of shoulder hugs her. He's like, "And I've missed you so much, baby." It's like, Johnny Smooth, I can't. I. It's so good to see you again. I missed you so much. Anyway, Samantha and Mr. Mara are fighting some skeletons, and they're doing good. But it's like they're I. There aren't a, there weren't that many bones left in that graveyard. We don't have that many good skeletons. We need we need a way to defeat these skeletons. We need a way to break their bones. <gasps> and then that's when she thinks, I have an idea. Because <laughs> I've broken some bones before. <laughs> we need to lure all the rest of these skeletons back into the theater. And then I could drop the curtain on them. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like that sounds like an odd plan but it might just work and so everybody is alerted of the plan and they're all running towards the theater now meanwhile back where the hoa agent is uh they're surrounded by a bunch of evil skeletons and she's like john is smooth how are we going to get out of this and he's like remember how we used to dance babe in the summer of 69 <laughs> he's like uh, i haven't danced like that in years not since you died and he's like, well, there's there's always time for one last dance. And so they start doing this really elaborate jazz swing dance where he's flipping her and swinging her around. She's swinging her to where her feet are kicking other skeletons. He throws her in the air and she's flipping and she's kicking skeletons. And they manage to dance their way out of this horde of evil skeletons. Meanwhile, everybody gets to the theater and they're barely holding their own, but they manage to get all of the evil skeletons cornered in one place. Samantha's using her street fighting skills. Mero is just using his giant size. The gardener is using a hoe now and he's hitting people with the hoe. <laughs> and and even the HOA lady, she is with the help of her husband. They're like kicking, you know, dance kicking a bunch of skeletons. They get them all under the curtain. And Mr. Mero's like, now, Sam. And she she hits the rope that broke before. And the curtain falls down on all the skeletons and all their bones shatter. And immediately all the good skeletons start cheering. It's like, yeah, yeah. they're looking at all the piles. Like, We're so rich now. Look at all these bones. <laughs> and then one of them comes in with a clump of the gardener's uh, soil. He's like, we got all these worms too. <laughs> he sees the gardener just look distraught. It's like, okay, we'll put them back. We'll just take the bones. <laughs> we cut to all the skeletons. They've piled all these bones together outside. Mr. Marrow's like, well, that was some quick thinking there, Samantha. Uh, I I really enjoyed doing this with you, even though even though you kind of caused the problem. Uh, you also solved it really well too, and I admire that, Samantha. You are a true warrior. And Samantha's like, well, where where are all you going now? He's like, well, we must go back to where our spirits belong, to Skeleton Land. And look, we have <laughs> a mass. 
enough skeleton bones, we could use them as money. And we have already purchased a skeleton chariot and uh, like a, a chariot pulled by two skeleton horses. The chariot's also made of bones, which technically means it's also made of money, but we won't get too <laughs> deep into that. Lands in front of them, all the skeletons cheer, they hop on the chariot. Mr. Mayor is like, good luck with your theater school. And then that's when all of the all of the students from freshman year and the theater teacher walk up and they're all in casts. One of them has a broken leg. And he's like, uh, you're not getting into theater school. You failed that project. He's like, what, really? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't you can't cause a war during your play and expect a pass. You should be lucky you aren't <laughs> expelled. And she's distraught. She's like, I guess. I guess my dream's not happening. I can't go to theater school. And her mom walks up and hugs her. Mr. Marish, he's, he's sad. And he's like, hey, since you were such an admirable warrior and such a quick thinker, would you like to come with us to Skeleton Land? And he's like, Skeleton Lands? Yes, we have a great school at Skeleton Land. <laughs> no bones about it. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, well, I mean... That seems like an awful long way. Like I, I don't know if I even belong in a skeleton land. He's like, you've got a skeleton in there. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I guess I do. Like, mom? And of course, we, we expect the parent to be like, no, babe, you can't go to skeleton land. But this is a mom that's really into Halloween stuff. She has yeah. skeletons on her shirt. He's like, girl, you have to do this. This is this is so cool. Like, I wish I got asked to go to Skeleton Land. She's like, okay, I guess I guess I'm going to college in Skeleton Land. She hops on the chariot and they go flying into the sky through a portal into Skeleton Land. The end. Man, so this oh, no. <laughs> this was another. This is one of the most fun days yeah. recording this podcast is just the the experience of 12 foot skeleton you know we were it was almost halloween time we were in a yeah. spooky mood we were in the we were season. in a silly goofy mood yeah you put those together it just seems to be a winning combination for us amen dude uh there is something so cinematic about that 12 foot skeleton right and yeah. i want us to be the first person to capitalize on it yeah it, there's a uh, in my neighborhood there's these people that own like five of them yeah, and every time they they stay up year round. Every uh -huh. time I drive past it in the morning on my way to work, I look at it and I'm like, "Oh my god, we oh. gotta do this twelve foot yeah. skeleton yeah. short, <laughs> dude." And uh, cause it's it's so funny, but there's heart to it too. Yes, you get the spooky nature of you get the, the giant musical. skeleton, the skeleton army. Uh, you know, if Tim Robinson wants to be a part, we got a role for him in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's the it's the perfect like growing up Halloween special on Disney Channel. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like we usually do short films. We kind of messed around and made like a 20, 30 minute like holiday yeah. special. And and I love it so much. I, I we both love musicals. Yeah. Which is funny because I wouldn't exactly say that like we're like the people you'd expect to love musicals. Yeah. Uh, and so we get to incorporate that yeah. in the, the whole skeleton song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's so whimsical. That's a good word for it. Yeah. It's a whimsical short. And man, I, 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 I hope that one day we get to do something with it. It's it's kind of a pipe dream, but perfect scenario. Yeah. Like if we could pitch this to Home Depot and be like, hey. 
Home Depot, throw all your money behind a 30-minute holiday special, the the perfect family event yes. that is centered around your titular Halloween product. Yes. Like, they already sell out of the skeleton. Immediately. If they were going to, like, mass produce these more, we could guarantee that they still sell oh, dude, out. Give us a million dollars. Yeah. That's all we need. Yeah, I mean, two may... I don't know. <laughs> hey man, we can't we can't be we can't uh, already be negotiating. <laughs> Give it's us an a ambitious short, but you know <laughs> Only only Robert would we we would have a hypothetical situation going on. Yeah, just, just give us a million dollars and then he would go, Well, I, we need two. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. This is the Home Depot we're talking about. Oh, that was really funny. Now we can do it for a million. Yeah, that was really funny, though. That was really funny. I can do it for 700,000. Yeah, I think, I mean, the hardest part is just going to be either doing a 12 foot skeleton puppet. Yeah. Or doing it in miniature. I mean, you're forgetting we also have an army of skeletons, too. Yeah, but VFX, like, man. Yeah, if we have a million dollars, well, you kind of you got an army of darkness in a little. This is the other thing we did this episode right after I watched Army of Darkness for the first time, and they got a skeleton army, and they also do the most fun thing where they just set up a bunch of dummy skeletons that clearly aren't moving at all and just mow them down (laughs) with (laughs) horses and carriages. Yeah, that is a as a great movie. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, Uh, I know it sounds like we're we're bragging a lot. But, hey, we're not proud of all of our shorts. But these five we're very proud of. Yeah, yeah. And this is, I mean, if if this was any other season, yeah. I think it probably would have been number one. Probably, yeah, yeah. And, uh, dude, what's crazy is we like it so much. And it's it's one of our first, like, branded shorts. Like, it is based on a product. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, could, this could go toe-to-toe with the Barbie movie. Could. This Barney movie that's coming out. Dude, I mean, can, I can see it like it being a part of a family's like Halloween tradition. Oh, can we watch the twelve foot skeleton movie? And then you yeah. have a twelve foot skeleton, and yeah, and you know, streamers they're struggling to make returns on all their investments. Yeah. It's like bring back the ad model. Yeah, you had the Colgate Hour. We got the Home Depot holiday special. Heck yeah, hit dude. us up, someone. Yeah. All right, All next. Right. So that was our number two. There is one episode that we both unanimously like better yes. than all the others this season, but our favorite bowl episode for season three of the Written By podcast is season three, episode 26, Western Horror. Wow. So we open on a disheveled Deputy Danny. He's got his little deputy badge on. Mm-hmm. He's walking around the the western town toward the saloon. He stops in the middle of the road and he sees a, a horse just walking by himself in the distance. He's looking at it. He looks a little freaked out, but no one else seems to notice it. He walks into the saloon, sits down, orders a drink. It's out a big sigh. People are looking. Their eyes track him as he walks by. They're starting to whisper to each other. This dude just looks so sad and he's drinking. And you know, the bartender is like, we haven't seen you here in a minute. And I was like, yeah. I know. I, I got this new job, though. And uh, 
Then that's when the uh, our sheriff walks in, who's the brother. And he sits down next to him. And he's like, hey, I appreciate you doing this. I know, I know it's been a while, but you got this. I believe in you. There's a, <laughs> there's, it, it's really important you guard this shit. And he's like, yeah, I think, I think I could guard a little gold. <laughs> he looks at the badge. He's like, you know, I almost had that job. He's like, I know, man. Like, it, it all sucks, but it just wasn't great timing. It's like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great timing for my wife to die. But, uh, oh, what's that? You know, sometimes I still wake up at night and I hear things and I still feel like I uh, I still hear her falling off that horse and My man's adding <laughs> sometimes I still I still think I see her in that horse <laughs> in the distance somewhere still looking at me from the beyond. He's like, a, well, you can think about all that tonight. I don't know. I don't know how he ends that, but uh, everyone's just trying to like be kind and avoid it. And as this conversation is happening, he notices the saloon doors just kind of open by themselves. He notices a little creek, and he looks at a stool, and it seemed like it's like at the tail end of Wobbleid. Yeah. No one's there. He's like, I still hear her. You know, he's like, you're gonna, you're gonna be okay, buddy. I'll uh, I'll see you in the morning. This this could be this could be a good new start for you. So anyway, we cut to it's the middle of the night. He's at the bank. Maybe we catch a shot of the safe closing with all these stacks of giant gold bars in there. He's sitting there in the bank. Uh, it feels a little eerie. The winds whistling outside, and then he hears. <laughs> he walks outside and that horse is standing there just by itself it's looking straight at the <laughs> bank he's like what is this is this her and he's standing there with the door unlocked in a jar and we just kind of hear we hear some extra loud creaks as he steps back inside we hear the jangle of his keys and he's standing there and he hears creak from over there He's tense. He's on guard. He's another creep. And over there, it's like, what is that? What is that? There's a slow creak, creak, creak. And at this point, he's he's really convinced that there's a ghost in here. He's like, same one there. Just, just show yourself. Whoever this is haunting this place or whatever. And then... We just catch the smallest glimpse of the keys just appear in thin air. That mm -hmm. jangle we heard when he's coming inside, that was the leaving his person. And it's like they're being pulled from behind a cloth and they're starting to float into the safe. They turn, you know, perplexed, it starts to unlock. And at that point, he, he starts to reach for his gun. And all of a sudden... There's silence and the creek turns to bam, 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 bam. Yeah. This invisible thing is running towards him. He tries to draw the gun or this thing tackles him. And now he's fighting this just invisible person. He doesn't know what's going on. He's swinging wildly in the air. He's kind of on top of this guy somehow, but he doesn't know where he is. He's just hitting wildly. He's sometimes hitting a person sometimes just hitting the ground yeah we're catching a shot 
of he's on top of this invisible man so it looks like he's floating and then we see like tights of splinters on the floor like kind of catching this guy that we don't see yeah but then of course since he's still taken so off guard invisible guy does have the upper hand element of surprise he manages to punch him and shove him off him and of course the gun has flown across the room the bullets have flown out of it and so invisible man kind of realizes this is a botch job he just bam 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 runs to the vault and just picks up some loose gold bars like four or five just as many as he could hold and uh as our sheriff is getting up he sees he just you know he hears exiting he hears running out of the bank down the stairs and then he clocks the safe and there's some gold missing and so he runs outside and he's looking around he doesn't see anything he runs to the horse because that thing is still visible and it's just silent and he's walking around the horse trying to spot something and then finally he sees in the dark the gold bars and they're floating but they're slowly disappearing and there's this vial that's floating on top of them and as the liquid pours on the gold and spreads on it the gold's disappearing and so it's you know it's being twisted and turned in midair as he's applying it to everything he runs towards this and like right as the gold is disappearing manages to tackle this guy and now they're fighting over there but he has the upper hand now and you know they're they're wrestling but a invisible man and a last minute move manages to get on top of him and he starts to choke him and we see fingers just yeah. invisible fingers pressing in his neck yeah and he's he's so afraid he feels like he's about to die he sees this vial that's just laying down there uh it would it would also be great <laughs> tough on vfx but great as like as they're tussling this time around some of the clothes are getting a little loose and so we're seeing just flashes of undershirt skin Ooh. maybe even like really quick face like he manages to pull down a mask and there's an eye or something real oh, quick that's fun yeah but uh invisible man is choking him on top of him he sees this vial and that's when he thinks oh the vial was next to the gold and so he immediately starts putting his hand out trying to feel the gold the life's starting to leave him but he manages to grab some grab a bar just in time swings it up hits dude in the head we just see blood splatter just in midair dude falls over he gets on top like beating this dude yeah and he's done it he takes a look at the vial and it says just like invisible or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know but uh, yeah. we know what's in there that there's nothing left inside no more liquid and so he he gets up he's managed to take this guy down but then the entire the entire town is woken up some people are poking their heads out and the sheriff comes up he's like what happened what happened mm. and he's like someone tried to rob the place also the horses run off at this point someone tried to rob the place and then he's like what where where are they it's like it's right there there's an invisible guy right there i swear he's like okay calm down look whatever happened i believe you and then someone is like there's some gold missing he's like oh dude did you take some of this gold? Did you? Oh, it's like, man. no, no, I promise. There's a guy right there. You touch right there. You'll see this guy. It's like, I don't. 
where's the gold? Where's the gold? It's a, it's down there. It's, it's invisible. It's like the gold is not invisible. And like the entire Damn. town is there. And so he's trying to save himself, but everybody is convinced that he stole this gold. And his brother is so sad. He's like, if you needed the, I know you've been out of work for so long. If you needed the money, just how could you do that? I gave you a chance. I Dang. gave you a chance. And Dang. he handcuffs him and it's really sad. Anyway, we cut to it's the gallows. He's being hung in front of the town. They put the noose around his neck. He's looking out in the distance. And he gets hung. They drop it. Goes down. And then the last shot is just a tight on where that whole scene happened and slowly a dead guy's body and five gold bars slowly <laughs> become visible on the ground. Mm. You cut to black. Dang, son. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this one, I mean, it's the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I love the universal monsters. I love yeah. the invisible man. Yeah. And so the opportunity to put the invisible man in a situation that I don't think we've ever seen him before. Exactly. Yeah. And oh man, I mean it's just like the a buddy of ours I think said this one time, like the coolest part about doing a monster movie mm -hmm. is getting to change the lore a little bit. Yeah. And I think we did that in this. Yeah. Oh dude. I yeah, love it man. so much. Also, it's a it's our second western of the season. Of the season. Yeah. And, and both of them made the top five, which is fun. There's just something about the vibe and atmosphere of a Western, but then you take the extra step to put one more genre in it. Oh. Like, and, and I think it's, I don't know why we lean towards Western so much this season, but I think it could just be like the lack of technology. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Also, they were both listener suggestions. That's something we uh, we oh, neglected to mention. Yeah, yeah. they're both listener suggestions too. So maybe maybe our fans are just big Western boys. Yeah, yeah, and big gals. Western fans. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because I've been I've been writing horror recently. Been mm -hmm. looking into directing something horror, so that's been fresh on the mind. And there there are sequences in this that I actually might incorporate in some of the the films that are coming up. Yeah, we'll see. We were talking earlier about how like we got to incorporate things that we really like into the shorts yeah. from other movies, but I think this one is something we came up with a certain sequence in this one yeah. that I think we both love so much that it's like, oh, we got to find something to put this in yeah. because we love it. This yeah. sequence, which that's that's the benefit of doing this podcast because because some of these shorts, like the last two, are a little too expensive for us to make at this point right now. Yeah. But we still have all these great ideas that we could pull from where even if we aren't shooting the short the way we shot trouble date like we're still yeah. we're getting a lot out of making these shorts yeah yeah for sure you know uh one day some marvel's gonna come to robert and they're gonna be like look uh we want you to direct uh i don't know thor eight <laughs> And I know we haven't made any money in 12 years, yeah. <laughs> but come on, you got to do this. And Robert's going to be like, I will direct it only if you let me make my 12 foot skeleton movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or my invisible man Western. Yeah. I do, yeah. I do. This is my favorite short of the season. Mine and too. It, uh, again, it leans very dramatic. It leans into the horror elements a lot, which is kind of new territory for us. Like mm -hmm. we, we mostly lean comedy but yeah. uh 
yeah, there's there's so many good scares in here. Also, we get to it's it's just really fun playing around with the concept of the invisible man because it's one of those characters with such a a simple such a simple premise mm-hmm. but when you really unpack it there's a lot you could do just with the simple concept of someone being invisible in our case having a a bank robber be invisible that adds all these new challenges you were also you were coming from it having just seen the original universal yes. invisible mans and then i had seen the uh the 2020 invisible man yeah and then after we did the short i watched that and i was like yeah. i love it even more now yeah cuz uh the the fun thing about the original uh invisible man movies from the 20s and 30s 40s uh is uh he's crazy and he's yeah. like oh my god how you can't see this psychopath it's like the joker if he's invisible yeah but what the 2021 did is like hey what if the scariest person in your life yeah you couldn't see him and that's yeah. terrifying yeah. and i uh, i love what we did with this short yeah it's a this is really something i'd love to flesh out more the end screenplay like part of making these outlines is what you hear on the podcast is really just like the first initial story meeting. And there's usually a lot more work and a lot more delving deeper into the screenplay. You guys notice that if you listen to the original trouble date episode, then watched our short film and listened to our BTS, like all the additional work that goes into writing the screenplay. And it's just such a fun world to live in. It would be so much fun to dive deeper. Dude, someone in our discord said that we should do like an anthology film. Yeah, where it's all of the monsters in the West. Yeah, and then it would be a really cool. Like, there's this uh, improv game, uh, La Ronde, where it's yeah. like the point of the improv game is like you meet different characters in different scenarios, and then yeah. by the end they have to all be tied together. So yeah. it'd be really cool to do a feature yeah. where you see like a collection of short films. The Invisible Man in yeah. the West, Frankenstein in the West, you know, all of Dracula in the West. And yeah. then by the end of the movie, they all tie together. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in, in the in the episode, we had a really cool opening that we ended up not being able to use where people were around a campfire telling the story about the... Yeah. That'd be a great place for another film to pick up, you know? Oh, dude. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I yeah. Got, there's, there's so much that could be done. This is here. This is the best story. That I think, yeah. not only we did this season, but I think maybe the whole show. Yeah. Honestly, like, if, if we got to the point where we make our indie stuff and we're finally, like, getting attention, like, they tried to reboot Universal Monsters. It didn't work. But mm-hmm. there's still, I feel like there's still gas in the tank. Yeah. I feel like it's something people want. Like, this could be the type of thing we could pitch to someone. Um, it's a very similar approach to Prey. Take a popular character and put them in a different yeah. time period. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro's Frankenstein movie is about to come out. That's right. And it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. So, I mean, iron's hot. Maybe we should work on this. Write it out, you know? Yeah. And start pitching it to all of these big Hollywood people we know. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, um, Dale. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, dude, now that you say that, I know we have other stuff we want to work on, but why why haven't we tried to do a monster thing? Together? Let's do it. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it give us something like, fun to work on while we're working on our personal stuff. Exactly. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, single with things kind of counts, but not not 100%. Yeah, that was more of like a rom-com. Yeah. Which is so funny because so far the two shorts, I'm going to count them as the two shorts that yeah. we've done, have been both like rom-coms. 
Yeah. Which is, again, like, we're not, I don't think we're rom-com people. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> rom-coms are a very good quick into a, a short film. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of uh, leading in. Like, you don't have to give a whole prologue to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very easy to understand that two people are into each other. Loves a very big feeling, so it's yeah. easy to get a big performance out of someone. But uh, we're branching out. Yeah, we're branching out. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to announce things because because <laughs> <laughs> they feels don't like seem every to work time, out. Yeah, yeah, every time we announce something, it uh, it seems to get pushed back or whatever. But we 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 got films in the works. We're trying to get our next short off the ground. So hopefully, about, sometime next season, you'll be seeing money. more about that. Yeah, it's all about time and money, baby. You're listening to WRBY, written by. You're live on air with the main man, Chase, and the home slice, Robert. We hope you've been enjoying this slice of radio in the afternoon. That's all I got for the bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a nice voice. Oh, nice thanks, voice. man. But yeah, guys, those are those are our favorite bowl episodes of season three. Uh... Be sure to check out those full episodes if you if you liked what you heard because there there's yeah. some great bits in the full episodes. There are even more episodes this season that we're also proud of. Yeah, a lot of rival pitch stuff. We haven't even talked about the rival Dude, pitch stuff. We had so much pitching. fun yeah. this season. I think rival pitches were probably the the highlight of the season. I think so. Yeah, it was it was really hard picking a pitch for the finale. Yes. I came so close to doing the Tonka Truck movie. <laughs> I thought about it, but then I was like. Dude, how is Robert going to get the footage for that? Yeah. So, hey, yeah. By the way, speaking of the Rival Pitch finale, that video is out on YouTube as well. And, you know, on your podcast player. But if you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. And, uh, yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for a wonderful season. And uh, we we were actively working on what next season is going to look like. Uh, We try to do something different every season to keep it fresh and unique. Yeah. And uh, we're thinking there might be some bigger changes. Well, you just got to see, but we just are really appreciative. This season, we grew so much yeah. Uh, yeah. versus earlier seasons. And we've been having so much fun with the clips and everything that's been going on this season. And we're just very thankful you guys have stuck around. And uh, for those of you that have joined the Discord, which you can still do, uh, thank you guys so much. We've been having a ton of fun. Yeah. We've seen a lot of growth this season. We've seen a lot of new listeners. We've seen a lot of listeners stick around. And just thank you, everyone, for listening. Put a lot of work into the show because we love it a whole lot. But we also love seeing you guys interact and respond to it. Uh, it's been great. Again, we are we are looking into potential changes for season four. Can't believe we've been doing it that That's long. Crazy, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, this is real exciting stuff. And... Be sure to still be following at Written by Pod on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok. Best place to keep up to date on what we're doing. Uh, we are going on hiatus until the next season, but yes. we'll be dropping a few random episodes here or there. So we'll, we'll try to still slide some stuff your way. So. Yeah, and make sure you're following us on Instagram and TikTok and uh, YouTube and everywhere because we also post other stuff that we're working on that isn't Written by related. Like, yeah. uh, I think... Uh, when this comes out uh, either one or is about to come out we did a bunch of uh, comedy reels sketches for online that are going to be coming that's out that's right um, yeah. so we have a bunch of stuff so make sure you're following us that's, that's all I got 
yeah that's about it too uh we each have personal youtube oh, channels yeah. that where where both of us are separately planning big things for our yes. channels so yes. we can also put that in the description yeah, uh we. chase's setup for his next youtube video <laughs> is right on the wall over there it and you crazy. guys are not ready <laughs> uh he's got great <laughs> classic film and yeah. tv related content i do more music. music stuff on my channel i'll be going into some more music video stuff next year so if any of that interests you also check out our youtube channels yeah now i'm lost in the yeah i wish you guys could <laughs> and you'll have to go to chase bridges on youtube to, to see what yeah. we're talking about all right guys thank you so much <laughs> for a great season uh we'll see you next season